Here we go, here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. Whoop, whoop, it's the police. Don't look in your rearview mirror. This podcast covers the latest police news, along with hitting the hot topics you've been talking about all week. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. Hey folks, welcome back again to Police Pod Talk. Again, I am thrilled to have on the phone with me again is Jean Assam. Jean, you can say hey to the people out there. Hey, people. All right. Hey, we really appreciate you being with us last week, but uh, we got so many emails and text messages from different people who listened who wanted to know a little bit more about your opinion on this whole uh, situation uh, with George Floyd now that it's in the news. I, I think we just happened to time that just right that we were talking about it. And we didn't talk much about it. We were talking more about your life and uh, your career. But we touched a little bit on George Floyd. And I had several emails come in. And uh, people just wanted to know a little bit more about your feelings, your take, since you were from there. I mean, you're a former uh, Minneapolis police officer. And they want to know what you're thinking, what you're feeling. But they also commented on a little bit of the comment you made. And if you want to bear with me, you want, you want to hear a couple of them? Or do you want to just go yeah, ahead? Yeah. Okay, um, out of West Virginia, I had a guy named Sam. I think it's a Sam guy. He just says Sam. Out of West Virginia, he says, and, and this is his little thing he says in his email. He says, let me make sure I get this right. He says, what are you thinking? Did he do anything wrong? I guess he's asking. He says, what are you thinking? Did he do anything wrong? All right, do you feel he did anything wrong? That's what he wants to know. Go right ahead. Yeah, I think I think uh, Officer Chauvin, I don't think he was at all the cause of George Floyd's death. But what he did wrong, big time, was um, it seemed like he was clueless that Floyd had gone unconscious. Just, it was like he was clueless. And the fact that he, you know, we're taught to quickly get the person under control and get out of there, whether they need to go to the HCMC, Hennepin County Medical Center, or mm-hmm. or uh, to jail. But right. get them out of there because um, c- the crowds quickly gather. Okay, and well, well, before we before we get too far, okay, can I, I can see where you're going there. Then he should have gotten him out of there. That's what he did wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, hang on. <laughs> I, is, I mean, you're, you're on a roll. Yeah, you're on a roll, but I, I want to make sure we answer this guy's question because I think what you're answering is going to come up in a couple other questions here, okay? Were you allowed to use your knee on the neck? And I have, you know, on their back, of course. You, you know, I've had this morning, noon, night. There are a couple times, a couple squads that are single man, one person. But uh, if I was a single person squad called an able squad and I arrived first, I would have to gain control of a guy twice my size and... I had to kneel on his back, and you do whatever it takes to get them under control because you're armed, they're big, they're on drugs or intoxicated, and okay. you know you do what it, what it takes to get them under control so that nobody gets hurt, including you right. as the officer or, or bystanders. Right. I'm going to elaborate a little bit off of his question here. He says, were you allowed to kneel on someone's neck and hold them there for a long period of time? after they've stopped resisting. Yeah, I don't recall kneeling on their neck ever, but their back, 
I mean, in a fight, I don't know what, whatever. Sometimes fights were on the ground and, mm -hmm. you know, but again, uh, the medical examiner even said that, uh, and so did the officers testifying after looking at the tape that he didn't kneel on his neck. So, okay. Well, that, that leads me to the next question. Uh, uh Liz, uh, out of Florida, she said, how can you know if he was kneeling on his back or neck and how much force was used just by watching it on TV? Because you made a comment that you knew that he wasn't kneeling on his neck. Because because the officers that were there and even the guy behind the counter said that it looked like he was on his chest. Everybody else are on his, uh, his shoulder. So people were testifying. So what did you see? I'm going off her, uh, I'm kind of elaborating again off of her question. When you watched it on TV, did you see his knee anywhere near his neck? Yeah, it looked like his knee was above his neck. He was squatting down and, um, but it didn't look like his, his knee was on his neck. I just thought, I just was like baffled and I'm sure all cops were baffled. Why? Were you in in that position? Why didn't you get him out of there? I don't get it. That's just number one rule. Get him under control and then get them out of the scene. Because mm -hmm. they just gather very quickly. It's just, I'm, mind, I'm blown away by how long he was there. I'm going to go off of what you just said there. I've watched it a couple of times on the news. And I keep waiting to see this huge crowd that supposedly had gathered. And I watched it from every angle, even the police officer's body cam, and there couldn't have been any more than 10 people. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I didn't see a large crowd either. Right. But, but what I was saying is, like in shootings and things like that, Oh yeah. yeah. they used to have, I mean, crowds would, we would have to wait for the medical examiner on homicide and sometimes hours because they were on another shooting or you know another homicide and we'd have to wait we had no choice you cannot like touch a body you can't right. destroy the crime scene so yeah. so that's why i keep saying large crowds gather but i agree there were not very many people on, on that day with george floyd right right yeah. okay we got an, an ashley and she didn't say where she was from but uh she said is Part of the training to stay in one spot when there is an unruly crowd with a prisoner. I think it's kind of no, like... No, we've already answered that. No. Yeah. You kind of get them out of there as quickly as possible, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. And let's see. I got a Jeremy out of Indy. He says... I'm, I'm sure he's talking about George Floyd. He says his past drug life had nothing to do with him being treated the way he was treated. Do you agree or disagree with that? Agree, of course. Had nothing to do with it. But he wasn't, again, he wasn't, his, again, the only mistake was why did, uh, why did Officer Chauvin, who was the senior officer there with some rookies, wait? Why did he stay there so long? And, and it's because uh, Floyd kept saying, I'm claustrophobic. And they were waiting for the ambulance. And it's like, still, the officer needs to use common sense and, and still get them out of there. So right. I, I really think he was trying to accommodate Floyd when he said, I've got, I'm claustrophobic. I think that's the only reason he stayed. I mean, uh, 
he was on he's been on several years right could he in your opinion looking at it now let's say he did say he was claustrophobic and didn't want to get in the back seat of the squad car yeah but do you believe he could have set him up on the curb or set him up against the car or stood him up against the car and waited for the ambulance uh, you don't want to keep him standing if they're, uh, he was on fentanyl and meth. And well, well, okay, but the officers, know. the officers didn't know that. They, they didn't take a blood test on the guy while he was there. No, but they knew he was under the influence. Of uh, something, I mean, of something, right? Yeah, and when they're under the influence, people need to know that they are, they have Superman strength. And I know that from experience. It's it's incredible their their strength. Plus, Floyd's a big guy. Okay, and but so you want to at least have them seated. Okay. So I think if they could have, you know, I wasn't there. I don't know. I don't know how combative he was, right. but he wasn't combative uh, lying on the ground. He was. He seemed to be calmed down. To okay. Me. I guess I'm gonna rephrase my question then. It would have been better if they would have set him up and let him sit down on the ground. Instead of in the position he was in, waiting on an ambulance, right? I I think so. I don't. But I think so. But again, I don't know how combative he was. Remember, he was fighting when they were trying to put him in the in the back of the car. Right. Yeah, I saw the video. He didn't want to get in. He was kind of kicking, yeah. and they were trying to pull him in, and and things like that. I saw all of that. Now the trial has been going on. I've been catching bits and pieces on uh, ABC or CBS News. I don't watch all the other news things, but just to see bits and pieces of the trial. Kind of give us a feel. I mean, you're former Minneapolis police. Give us a feel of what you think is going on within that department when you have officers testifying against one of their own. What, what do you think is going on in that department right now? I think that, the, you know, I think the... Um I think the police chief did a pretty good job with what he said. And, uh, you know, it's not protocol to kneel on somebody's neck. However, uh, Chauvin wasn't kneeling on his neck. His knee was above his neck. It, it was indeed on his shoulder. And everybody testified to that. So, wait, um, the, the, the ones on the news them, have been testifying? The ones on the news have been testifying to that? I must have missed that. The officers that were watching that that are testifying. Oh, I didn't. I haven't seen that yet at all. Yeah, I've I've looked at all of them. So I watched all of them. So, um, hmm. I also think a lot of them are uh, trying to save the city from getting burned to the ground. I don't. I am not going to say that Chauvin deserves to go to. To prison at all he didn't murder george floyd some people are saying he looked like he was enjoying it and it's like how dare you say that no officer enjoys uh torturing or doing whatever they're accusing him of doing and it's accusations false accusations and that really i find that very disturbing and i wish that the officers would say that about Chauvin, it's like he did not intend to harm George Floyd. None of them said that, and that bothers me. Hmm. Hmm. Have his back, would you? So, you know, any of, did any of you, you know, I had to kill, I had to shoot and kill somebody. You think I enjoyed it? You think I wanted to? No, I had to so that other people could live. 
Right. So it just, it's infuriating. So you, you, I'm trying to, again, and I'm not just harping on it or trying to get you fired up here, but I haven't seen any officers up on the stand so far testifying that he did not have his knee on his neck. I've seen a lot of officers saying that what he did was wrong by putting his knee on his neck in that position. Even the training officer said they've never been taught to put a knee on someone's neck. And that's the, the training officer and the the chief of police. So right. I, I must They're have missed that. Yeah. They're answering that because the prosecuting attorney is saying is that protocol to kneel on someone's neck? Well, what they're not saying, what he should be asking is, did did uh, Officer Chauvin kneel on his neck? The answer is no. He's asking, is it protocol to kneel on someone's neck? Oh, okay. and so he's saying he no, it's not. I so he's he he's tricking people. It's like you're a, you're a, you're not fooling me, pal. And I would have answered it that way. Well, then why don't the why didn't uh, the officer's attorney ask the question? He could, he's got a right to ask the question. I don't know. So maybe, maybe they're not showing that part. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm watching what what they're showing. Yeah, I had like I said, I haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it live, or because it's supposedly live uh, all day. I haven't had a chance to do that. I no, they've stopped it. They've stopped filming. So I mean, hmm. I think they stopped at two thirty. I tried to look at it again live, and it, it wasn't on. So now I don't know when they resume. Was the same police chief the chief when you were there? No, he was a friend of mine. He was an officer. Okay, and now he is the chief. Then now, yeah, I'm going to ask you: When you were trained, were you trained by uh, older or younger officers? Uh well, to me, they were older. <laughs> okay. And did you have a new one every month, or how did that work when you tra were trained? No, we had uh, we had a tra one training officer, and then we had visiting, like when we did scenarios, we had visiting officers from, like, uh, St. Paul PD. You know, it was the Twin Cities, Minneapolis-St. Paul, and we'd have other Minneapolis officers. No. And they would help us do they would be acting like uh, they were actors, and we would go and respond as the uh, responding officers to different scenarios. Okay, I, I guess I didn't ask that question right. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> when you got on the street, after you were done with the academy, you went out on the oh, street. Oh, the FTO, yeah. field training. Right. How many field training officers did you have then? Oh, uh, five. Because okay. it's five months. You have one, one different one for a whole month for five months. Okay. And I'm going to ask you this. Do you remember being trained and them doing something that was totally against protocol? And you knew it, but you went along with it anyway. Um, yeah, I do. And mm. no, I didn't go along with it. I was because you don't have to. I mean sorry but i'm not going to and uh yeah i saw i saw things that i did not like right and when you saw things you didn't like and what i'm trying to do i'm going to lead you into this whole thing with george floyd when you as a new officer saw things that you didn't like did you speak up right then or did you wait till later i said nothing because it was a Good grief. If I would have said anything, I would have been let go. I would have mm -hmm. been let go. 
Right. Now, did I uh, help the... Uh, didn't It only happened, let's see, once or twice the whole time. Right. And I would just tell the, the uh, person we were arresting, you know, just trust me, take it easy, and just relax. Right. Okay. So how many... I took it, I took it under my, you know, I would always... Uh, have their back i okay. mean you don't turn your back on the bad guy but you also treat them with respect i always did okay and how many people were in your academy class came out of your class and went on the street uh 33 okay so now as a new rookie coming out and i'm, I'm asking this because i know my answer for me <laughs> and you may have seen it in your five month period two times but there's 33 of you so each one of you getting the chance to see it two times or three times in their training period there was a lot of things that happen that you as a rookie would say nothing to so as you're watching this whole George Floyd thing and you're watching these other officers they were probably do you believe they were in the same boat as you and not sure if they should say anything or do anything at that moment when George Floyd was laying on the ground Absolutely. I, I think that there is such pressure on on rookies, especially it was their 10-day. One of them said something like, you think we should roll him on his back or something? And But I don't think, I think it was just uh, foolishness again on Chauvin's part when he's like, well, he's a big guy. And again, you know, we weren't there. So I hate, I don't want a Monday morning quarterback. So I'm going to tell you if I see something criminal, but right. I'm going to tell you if I see something dumb. Right. And what I saw was just a uh, lack of judgment. So just explain this 10 day. You said they, you said they were on a 10 day. Explain to the listeners what a 10 day means. So when you, you go to the academy for four, five, six months, you're in the classroom, then you start to learn the range, range training where you're shooting. You, you learn scenarios, handcuffing, use of force, and then you go on your uh, FTO, which is field training, with your one uh, field training officer. You go to different precincts, couple at each one, and then you're on your 10-day where your field training officer is in, wears plain clothes, not his or her police uniform and he's acting he or she's acting as a ride-along so mm -hmm. so you are considered a one-person car instead of a two-person right so you're the only officer in that car so you have to make all the calls they want to see can this officer do the job on his or her own without without me helping them now after all this training are they ready right. to be a cop and it's your make or break time. Right. So, so there's a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. And you said that two of those officers who were there were on their 10-day? Yeah, I think two at least were on their 10-day. So where was the plainclothes officer who was supposed to be riding with them on their 10-day while this was going I, on? I don't know. I have no idea. Hmm. Somebody fumbled the ball there. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Well, again, remember, I wasn't there, so I don't know. I don't know. That's I don't know where they were. I don't know if, uh, you know, that's just that's just something that wasn't reported on the news. That's just something I was told mm -hmm. that they were on their ten day. Okay. May have, maybe that part was incorrect information that I right. was told by a, a a cop. Right. So, 
watching all of this unfold. You and I, you and I have had several conversations. I mean, it's kind of mm-hmm. funny. We didn't we didn't know each other forever. <laughs> forever. Yeah, we didn't know one another. And we've had more conversations in the last week than you can shake a stick at. But watching all of this unfold, again, being a former Minneapolis police officer, and you're still a police officer now, give me your feelings. Uh, let's take out the fact that uh, Mr. Floyd may have been on whatever drugs he was on. Give me your feelings. Okay, okay. That's a he, fact. He okay. was. He was on something. We don't know what it was. Fentanyl and meth, according to the oh. medical examiner. That's okay. been confirmed. Okay, well, let's take that part out. Give me your feelings on the entire thing unfolding. You kind of said it, but as a police officer, tell me, right or wrong? Was it right, wrong, run it down? What would you have done if you were there? What would you have done? Well, I've, I've had many of those uh, situations. Just it ha- that's, That happens all the time. That's why... Probably all of cops are going. What? What was he thinking? But um, what would I have done? I would have gotten him under control quickly, and and gotten him out of there. Mm-hmm. Whether he needed to go to the hospital, which is Hennepin County, or or to jail, right? Because again, he was he had passed a, a fake twenty dollar bill. So he was the clerk at the uh, store cup foods or whatever called the police on him he was right you know and, the, and i want people to know that you know they think officers when they see officers responding to shoplifters that that it's no big deal that it's funny it's not funny many cops have been shot and killed by shoplifters because they're usually people and this is important information i'm telling you these are people that are uh stealing clothes and things like that to then sell to get drugs for their drug habit and when you're on drugs you're not in your right mind george floyd might have been the nicest guy but on drugs you are not in your right mind you're you're different you're dangerous and so this is important so when you get called on somebody trying to pass a, a forged uh twenty dollar bill or a fake twenty dollar bill or something you have to be you always need to be on high alert. I mean, just especially today, sitting in your car writing a report, people are coming up behind you, shooting you in the head just because you're in a in a police car. Mm-hmm. So, um, I my answer is, uh, you know, get get him out of there, do whatever course of action. Like I said, take him to the hospital or to jail, but get him out of there after getting control of him, and that's it. And it would have been done would have been finished did you ever work? Would have been probably okay right did you ever work in the uh well financial crimes area where they investigative you know counterfeit money no no it was on the street okay um i'm just going to give you my two cents okay <laughs> i've done a lot of those where it's a 20 dollar bill it's a 10 dollar bill and they, they call and the person that's standing there says hey I had no clue. I got change out of the machine or I got change from the bank and that's what they gave me. And it's kind of hard to prove if that person really did or did not know that that $10 bill amongst the other $10 bills or that $5 bill amongst the other fives and ones. How does that matter though? How well, does that I'm, matter? I'm, I'm just going to say. Well, let me, hold on. Let me, let me finish here. <laughs> okay. Not relevant really. Well, yeah, it is. Hear me out. I've been on those calls where I've gone. And the person standing there with the $10 bill or the $20 bill saying, I don't know if this is real or not. At that point, it's easy It's easy to say, 
front officer, I tell you what, I've got your information, okay? I can't prove if you knew this was real or not when you passed it off, but you did get merchandise for it, okay? We can always work with the prosecutor, talk to the prosecutor once I write my report up, and we decide later if we're going to have a warrant for your arrest for this $20 bill. That's fake. We let the store owner know we can't prove it right now, but this person did have money, and he's claiming that he got money out of the ATM machine, he got money from the bank, he got money from whoever, but he's swearing up and down he didn't get or make the $20 bill. So with a little bit more investigation, you let the detective look into it, and you say, hey, Later, we'll follow a warrant for this. That's no, what that's no, 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 no. This is why this is why I'm telling you. I'm saying I'm saying this is why I'm saying I have done a lot of those. I have worked a lot of those investigations. I have worked them just like that. So when you say it's not relevant, it's relevant because there is another way you could have done this thing. Just just wait, though. The clerk called and said he's this is a artificial or whatever yep. they call it $20 bill right. clerk saying this he's that's calling right. the police that's right and he said and this guy's high okay yep the guy's so high. that's the call that's the call the police get yeah so let's not go into your no whether it's fake or not this is the call the police no I, I wasn't get. saying whether it was fake or not what I'm saying is there's always another way to handle a situation it didn't have to go that way. It could have went another way. Not everything you go on, somebody has to get it locked went up. The way that George Floyd dictated, it was, and the way Derek Chauvin dictated, the two, the com, the combination of these two, is what happened. So I, it's just I, I agree it with that. What happened? I, I based agree. Based on both of their actions that's what happened okay i agree with that but i don't that's think you're hearing me out of I, this equation <laughs> let's not please let's not even discuss no whether the 20 was fake i, I, never, I didn't say that i didn't say the 20 wasn't fake i thought say the 20 was but fake that, but even if it, if it was or wasn't that has nothing to do with why george floyd is dead okay and did okay so if someone could it. easily say to you the drugs in his system had nothing to do with it then they don't know police work oh no wait a minute wait a minute you're saying you're saying that the twenty dollar bill fake or not had nothing to do with it someone can say george floyd having drugs in his system had nothing to do with it it all had to do with the knee on the neck and the decision and the decision no no the twenty dollar bill only the only thing that had to do with it is that that's what caused the clerk to call he said Right, this you're is right. This a forgery, you're and right. the guy is high. You're absolutely so he right. called the police. You're absolutely right. You're right. That's all it's got to do with I, it. I, you're right, but I didn't say what I'm trying to get you to see is, could there have been another way to handle it? Just answer that, yes or no. Could there have been another way to handle that? It depends on how, and this is the correct answer, it depends on how George Floyd acted and, and if it would have been a different officer. It's the combination of the twos, of the two of them, and how they handled it that that no. resulted in this outcome. It was just okay. I don't think I don't think you're getting my my question. My question is either a yes or a no. Could no, there have been there? No, yes, it, could there have been a different way that that entire investigation could have been handled from the start? Oh yeah, yeah. If I would have been there. If another officer would have been there, it, pr- it would have been different because we all think differently. There, we were always taught in the academy: there's no right uh, response. There's no, there's no one 
that's not correct. Okay. So that, that's... Uh, okay. They, they would say there is no one correct way to answer a call. Right. You're right. And there's at, no uh, one correct right. way. There's many different ways you can handle things. And that's all That's all I was asking. That, that's exactly what I was... I wasn't saying anything about if the dollar or $20 bill was fake or not. I was just saying there's other ways to handle situations. And you just said, yes, you're right. And that, it depends on it depends on who's answering the call. Yes, it depends on who's answering the call and what their mindset is. Yeah. Okay, and yes, we're all human, so we, we do things a little bit different. So, okay, we got that cleared out of the way. <laughs> I think we both understood each other finally on that one, all right? Now, again. If you, hey, I, I just got to add a little bit. I mean, I write things on, on uh, Facebook, and people take me completely out of context. It's like, what? did you read did you just read chinese because i don't even know how you got that so so it's all how we hear something so well that's true that's why i do a podcast i I get you talking instead of somebody they can hear what you have to say and then they can respond in an email so when they hear you talking that's a lot different than reading and writing yeah okay well we're good on that okay let me ask you this what do you think should happen to the officer. Let, let's say he's found guilty. What do you think his punishment should be? Certainly not prison. Absolutely not prison. Because he did not... It wasn't intentional. He didn't intend to have George Floyd die. Okay. What should happen? I, I think that... Uh, I got to ask this first. I want I want people to think, you know, there was a Lakewood, Lakewood, Colorado officer. They were responding to a burglary, and it was at night. And this Lakewood cop shot and killed another Lakewood cop wearing his eight-point police hat. Was that murder? No. What should, ha- what should happen to that cop? I just want to throw that scenario out. It's just... It's like, how does how that officer's family feel like? That cop needs to go to prison. He murdered my, it was another guy, so he murdered my husband or son or whatever. And it's like, he didn't murder him. There was no intent. It was an accident, and that cop should probably not be a cop. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you probably think should needs, to, needs to lose his job. Okay. But prison, no. And I think that uh, the city is worried about really unethical people burning down the city and causing property damage and looting. And it's like, who? what decent citizen would do that when it's got nothing to do with, it's not going to bring George Floyd back. What gives you the right to burn down the city of Minneapolis uh, and burn down hardworking people's, black people included, Asian people, white people, burning down their business, looting stores to take TVs. What is that going to do to bring George Floyd back? Nothing. So I think they're going, I don't know what they're going to do. I feel like he's, Chauvin's going to be a sacrificial lamb just so thugs don't burn down that city. And they've got no right to. You have no right to do that. Act like adults, like you're civilized 
but you don't burn down that city and Chauvin doesn't deserve to go to prison at all. That's my answer. Okay. Probably needs to lose his job. You know, he's, he's very poor judgment and, so, and I, it's just an awful, I feel sorry for Floyd's family. I, I feel sorry for, I just think it's tragic. The whole thing is very tragic. So, and uh, was George? And I'm not. Think, I'm not saying anything bad about George Floyd. I didn't know him. He could have been a very nice guy. A lot of, a lot of very nice people have drug problems, you know. So, it's hmm. just a tragic situation. Mm -hmm. So you said probably needs to lose his job. You don't think he needs to lose it? Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. I hate to say that. He just he he does. He's very poor judgment. What about the officers who were, like I said, a young officer there also? What do you think should happen to them? Um, I don't know. I don't even, they're not, I don't even know. I feel bad for them. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they did. I didn't see their actions, so I don't want to comment. Okay. Hey, so you haven't been in contact with any of the people you may have worked with on the uh, department? In Minneapolis? So oh, yeah. Yeah, I have. Are they holding the department together, or is there a rift between the department on the feelings about this? Oh, I don't know. I don't know that much. We just, we're just discussing a little bit. What is the they're word? Not saying, they're not saying uh, whether he should be. We're not, we didn't even bring that subject up. It's hmm. just like, dude, what were you thinking? Yeah, I hear you. So what is the weather like there in Colorado right now? <laughs> That's like, so what about those, <laughs> what about those uh, 49ers? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I just want to know. Is it too heated? What's the weather like? No, is it warm, cold? I mean, it's, it's been hot here, I'm telling you. It was snowy and cold and windy yesterday, and it's breezy today and sunny. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so you're in the wrong <laughs> part of the country right now. So, No, I, 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 I'm glad that you agreed to answer some questions. I'm glad that you listened to the uh, emails that came in. And I think they, they, was, they were really concerned because they knew you were from that area. You were a former police officer there. And they wanted to know, you know, from your heart, what you believed and what you felt. And you, you said that. And I'm glad you did that um, to let them know. Will I get more emails and comments? Probably. But, you know, if you're willing to come back and answer them, that's quite all right. And We'll both watch this whole thing unfold as it unfolds on the news. Um, can I, are we done or can I add something? <laughs> you go right ahead and add something. I just, you know, I can only speak for Minneapolis because that's the main place that I worked, you know, in a, in a patrol car. And it's a, it's an, it was so interesting because it's a great metropolitan city. It really is. But I worked on the north side, and this incident happened on the south side, the third precinct. I worked on, in the fourth precinct. Both of those two were the most violent in the city. If there was a shooting on the north side, there'd be a retaliatory shooting on the south side. And, and uh, you know, it was interesting because in the middle of the mid-morning mid or afternoon or nighttime, it didn't matter, there would be a shooting. And... 
and I worked, it was all, it was all African-Americans on the, on the North side. And they would just, just, I was just fascinated. They would, and, and horrified at the same time, but the, they would bring their kids, their little three-year-olds and however old, and set them on their shoulders like it was a parade. And they would look at somebody who had just been shot in a drive-by with half his face blown off. And, and we would be like, you know, don't let your kids see this. And they'd tell us to shut the F up. You know, we're not their parents. And I didn't, I didn't say anything. I would hear cops going, get your kids out of here. And because we couldn't cover up the body. We couldn't, you cannot contaminate the scene. You have to wait for the ME, medical examiner, and homicide. That is protocol. You rope it off, and crowds would, would gather because, you know, they would, they would hear the, the shots fired. And so then once we could go downtown, headquarters, police headquarters was downtown. So people, these, uh, you know, these high society people or the middle class or whatever would be downtown sipping on their lattes or eating lunch outside, and we would have just come from a very violent riot or a, sh a violent shooting, and we'd come through downtown, and I'd observe that, and I'd be like, "Holy cow! They have no idea what just happened," or that some of us, some of us, almost got overrun by these massive, huge crowds, and we could have been just. We'd always be like, "Holy cow! You guys, we need help here. The, the crowds are growing, and it would it would just be." You know, it was like, I loved it. I loved it. I was, uh, but it was like, holy cow, if they overrun us, we're, we're a toast. And then we'd go downtown and book everybody. We'd book the, the people. We would have to take the witnesses to headquarters to be interviewed. And it was just as if nothing ever happened. And people don't know what it's like to be a cop in a, in a big city, in a busy city like Minneapolis. And mm -hmm. so, you know, you have to have, you have to just know what it's like. It's not. It's not what it looks like on TV. People aren't pretty, and you know they've got these shows where they're all good looking and making out in the station and stuff. And it's just not like that. It's it's a very difficult job, especially now where everybody hates the police who are willing, who you know that will be shot at one minute. You know, shot. It's it makes the news in Denver. It's like it, if it made the news in Minneapolis, it would be every day, all day. You know, police fire upon, and mm. it makes the news here, and it just makes me laugh. Right. And uh, so, have some mercy on on police officers. You know, and the mm. whole thing is just tragic. That's all. Bottom mm. line: don't hate the cops because we do. Our first priority is to protect and serve complete strangers. To even to risk our lives so that you can live. So don't hate us. There you you have go. no right to hate us. There you go. Just listen and watch and don't be so quick to judge. We're going to end on that note, but I got to ask you one more question. <laughs> okay. You took okay. a challenge from me to watch a movie called American Skin. You watched it. You sent me a text and you said, hey, you watched the movie and we can talk about it. Would you be willing? Would you be willing on another day to talk about that? Heck yes! <laughs> I took notes. Okay, so hold on those notes because we're gonna. I'm not gonna bring it up now. We're gonna use that on another day because I, I always enjoy you calling and and agreeing to talk and uh, and letting your feelings be known and heard and and our listeners can get a little bit more understanding on who you are, uh, Gene. 
whatever, Dean, is there anything you want to ask me before we, we uh, end this? What's the weather like there? <laughs> <laughs> How about those 49ers? <laughs> Yeah, what's the dinner, man? <laughs> oh, I think it's it was all. I think it's like eighty three degrees, and uh, I was out mowing the lawn. I didn't start raining; had a little break, but it has been really nice. And we've been getting this little drift of uh, warm air coming from the south, but oh, we've been loving it. We have been loving it. I, I can't wait for summer. I'm a summertime guy, but uh, yes, it's <laughs> nice. Okay, but with all that being said, Gene, thank you very much. I really appreciate it, and My we pleasure. will hook up again. Okay. And uh, talk about American Skin because I mean that that movie, there was a challenge and a lot of people took the challenge and I'm glad you took it so that gives us some more to talk about. <laughs> but we'll keep our eye on the news and uh, we'll watch this whole thing unfold because we really have no control over it. We're just watching, and I'm like you. I mean, uh, there's going to be hurt on either side, and there are people hurting right now on both sides of this entire thing. So we'll just sit back right. and watch. But right. Gene, thank you very much. And, uh, folks, and folks, thanks for listening to Police Pod Talk, and we will catch you again next week, and it may be with Gene on American Skin. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Remember, you can always go to policepodtalk at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook at Cleveland Junior or Police Pod Talk. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. <laughs>